Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts, Tim Piccararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to another fabulous episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we're glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you're eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it's true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim, this is episode 57. 57. I know. So it's like 10 more than your age. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thanks. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Funny person. Did you tickle yourself? I did. <laughs> it's not often that you kind of crack yourself up. I, it, well, it actually happens to me quite a bit. <laughs> like you just like by yourself and you start cracking up? Yeah. It's like you do something <laughs> yeah. weird? Or... I have a pretty um, pretty interesting inner monologue. Inner monologue? <laughs> yeah. And you just like are walking up and like, let's go, let's go. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you start cracking up. Mm-hmm. Hey, so uh, let's make it rain. <laughs> That's my need. Rain man. Yeah, I've been throwing that out there. Um <laughs> Every now and again. Hey, um, before we get going, I have a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, you know, I kind of want to do two questions on you because <laughs> it's just, you know. because You I'm have to really... pick one. You have to pick okay. one. Okay, this is because, you know how people, you know, they give you compliments, right? People mm-hmm. give you a compliment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, it's like, oh, you know, really nice hat, you know, whatever, okay? <laughs> compliment. Or, hey, mm-hmm. I like the way you did that, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some things that sound like compliments, <laughs> but are actually insults to you? Um, so to me personally? Just in general, like something that you know, you like you've heard even, like, hmm, that was an insult. <laughs> um, be personal or that you've just observed it's been kind of like, hey, that was an insult. Okay, so I don't actually know if anyone's ever said this to me, but I've definitely observed uh, this happen before. So I can't place if it's happened to me or not, but... When people will say something to you like, hey, man, those, let's say, shoes or that jacket is really interesting. Not many people could pull that off, but it looks great on you, you know, because they're basically saying like, I think that what you're wearing is kind of ugly and weird, but you make it work. Really? But I mean, do you (laughs) see for me, I would take that as a compliment because, you know, me, I'd wear a fur coat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's true. I would wear like, so, I mean, I guess, but it just, it's all on your perspective yeah. and your point of view because of how you're receiving it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see someone walking like, oh, wow, those are interesting shoes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. they look good on you. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what, so in that statement right there that I just mm-hmm. made, what do you key in on? Um. Is it that they look good on you or those are interesting shoes? Well, because I immediately am like, what do you mean by interesting? So you're stuck there. Yeah. And then when they say, but they look good on you, you're still held up at interesting. Why do you think they're interesting? What's interesting What's about interesting them? What's interesting about them? Yeah. Right. So would I you... mean, unless they had feathers or they were actually interesting. Feathers. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, because I go to Logical. I'm like, what's interesting about these? That would be Except funny. the thing is, I don't really wear anything interesting, so <laughs> that would never happen to me. Feather shoes would be hilarious. I mean, my though. clothes, I mean, you know, my clothes are white, black, navy. It's pretty basic. 
Yeah. I don't, and I have scarves that have color in yeah, them. Yeah, like, kind of you it. wear a lot of scarves. Yeah, I that's my I think I saw you wear a accessory. scarf and it was like 105. <laughs> Likely. And you had a scarf around your neck. Likely. That was weird to me. <laughs> but yeah, you do, you're a scarf Fashionable. person. Mm-hmm. It was. you, And the scarf, though, is almost as big as you, though, when you wrap it around <laughs> your neck. See, I would feel like someone was trying to, like, choke me out or something. Yeah. Because it's too much around my neck. Yeah. Like, oh. But you wear those real light, light, lightweight mm-hmm. ones. See, I wish I had a better answer to that question. Well, good. That's why you should take my second question. Oh, boy. Okay. You might want this one. All right. So if you had to change your name, what would your name be and why would you choose that name? Oh, that's easy for me. Um, So I, so when I used to do acting, I always tried to figure out what would my, my name be, my stage name, because I couldn't use Megan Ryan because Meg Ryan's already out Mm -hmm. there. So I would have had to choose a different name. So I've thought about this. So I would actually change my name to Eileen Sullivan, which is my grandmother's name. Oh, that is awesome. That's a good name too. Because I've always loved the name Eileen. That's my daughter's name, my middle name. So I would change my name to Eileen Sullivan. You see, it'd be like, it began. Yeah. In the dark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> starring Eileen Sullivan. Yeah. Why did you run? <laughs> you know? But dun, that's, dun, so that's, dun, an, that's an easy question for me. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's Thanks. a good, see, yeah. well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our guest, Camille. So, yeah, we have uh, Camille Preston on with us today. She's an author, speaker, executive coach, and consultant. She's actually um, a trained psychologist, and she works with people to ignite their peak performance. So we had just a great conversation with her, um, and one thing that we don't actually talk about, she mentions it in the conversation, is she's the youngest of three. Mm-hmm. And so am I. And she talks about kind of uh, always trying to keep up with them and how that mentality of just she was going to do whatever her older siblings could do mm-hmm. um, has really kind of driven her. It's been an underlying thing in her life. So um, I really like that because I identify with that a little bit. Yeah. And I love the just the she's so people minded. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's my I love people. So mm-hmm. um, in one of the statements, which we won't talk about what it is here because you'll hear her talk about it, but. Um, the question you asked her about dreaming into people, mm-hmm. like she dreams into people, which, mm-hmm. you know, just hearing that, I'm like, what does that mean? But yeah. she, she, it's just very thoughtful, very mindful. And um, she's just got people on her mind and she's just always wanted to bring out the best in mm-hmm. them. So you could see why she does what she does. Yeah. And we, um, we talk a little bit about uh, a book of hers that's actually coming out on October 12th mm-hmm. called Create More Flow. So you'll find information on how to get that book. But when you're listening to this, just remember, it isn't out yet, um, but you can still um, set a reminder for yourself because I think it's great stuff. And please, if you would, continue to listen to the show. We are grateful. Downloads are great. People are listening in. Um, if you would, hop on over to iTunes or Stitcher, rate and review the show, mm-hmm. share the show, um, just uphill conversations. Uh, get on Twitter and you'll see stuff that we're putting out there at the UCYP. No? Well, at the UCYP for our other podcast. For our other podcast, right. But for this one is <laughs> at Uphill Combo. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, the other podcast is at the US, UCYP. That's our Young Professionals podcast. And then also on Facebook, Uphill Conversations, or our website, UphillConversations.co. So, um, or you, you know what? You could email us. You can. Uh, Tim at UphillConversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co. So, without any further delay, let's scoot over into this wonderful conversation with Camille Preston. Camille, welcome to the show. And how's everything going in your world? Very well, thanks. I'm looking forward to joining you all today. 
Awesome. So uh, you're safe up in uh, Massachusetts. Are you a Pats fan? I'm a Pats fan. I am yeah. I'm married to a big Pats fan. So I, I have kids who have all the Pats swag, but I, I, I support them silently in my normal clothing. Well, we. Oh, come on now. I'm have to. I'm have to send you a Pats uh, hoodie or something. Um, I'm a big. I'm from Connecticut, so I was. I mean, ever since I was little, the original. Just man, I loved them, and I still to this day. So, um, anyways, I miss. I miss going to the stadium. But it's uh, hard not to love them after the their comeback. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. That's an uphill. It is an uphill comeback. That's right. <laughs> and who, whoever thought that someone was what 200 something in the draft, uh, Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. He comes in and it's been all great ever since. So I love yeah, it. I mean, that's a, that's another uphill. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that example. So, um, so why don't you tell um, our listeners just a little bit, just give us a kind of like, you know, who you are and, um, what, what is it that you step out and bring into this world? Fantastic. So I'm a psychologist by training, and I've had an executive development company for over 15 years now, AIM Leadership. And my my practice has really kind of grown over time as I've evolved and transitioned to different stages of life. But I do, my, my real passion, the work that I do across keynotes, training, coaching, is really about igniting peak performance, helping people kind of step back, get perspective on what's working, not working in their life, how they're using technology, what it is that they want, and then really give them some tactical strategies to just explode forward towards the things that really are impactful and meaningful to them. I love that. So it's it's just really, it's about people. That's why I tell people my one word is people. And, mm. and I love like you want to ignite them and you want to see them, you know, be at their peak performance. And, you know, that, that kind of opens up and, and you're a psychologist too, which is great because I, I love psychology. Um, and mm. I, I, one of my favorites is Dr. Henry Cloud. He's one of my favorite people. And, um, but with, when it comes to those, uh, you know, seeing people ignite and really, you know, getting out there and bringing their best, best self out. I, I'm curious for you, like when you're when you're in a situation where you're you're sitting with some folks, or you can see a room full of people who you just know uh, they just wonder if they if they even have it in them, and they have that mindset of you know kind of closed or fixed mindset where they're just kind of they feel stuck. They don't really know that they can you know retrain their brain, right? Um, when you're when you're in front of those types of folks, um, and you're in a room, say you have ten of them in a room like that. What's tell me the first three things you would you would kind of help them to understand? Maybe one a one two three, or even if it's just one mm. big thing. What is something you could do to help them first? Just be open to where you want to lead them. Sure. So I believe that there's an incredible amount of energy and emotion. So as soon as you get someone associated with an emotion, there's motion within the word, right? That if you can get them associated with a positive emotion, it gives them an energy to move forward. So often when we're stuck, we're looking at the reasons things aren't going to work and where the, the problems are and where the deficits. If you can have people go back to a time where they just crushed it or they felt like they were firing on all cylinders or they just felt a sense that things were in the groove, they had a rhythm, a rhyme, and they were un- moving through things in a difficult way. If you get them reassociated with that and get that in their physiology, it invariably creates some energy to move them towards what it is that they want. Wow. So I love that reassociated. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a, let me reintroduce you to it. Like it's a, let's take another look at it. Yeah. And, and usually if you, it's, it's 
sounds cliche, but if you ask people about a time that they just felt at their peak and then you give them a full, your full presence, full body presence, and you're a hundred percent there with them, they actually go back and they can see it and they can feel it and they can experience it. And you, it's, it's, I don't want to say manipulative. It's just playful because you watch them like sit taller in their chair and their facial expression changes. And they're like, yeah, bring it on. What do you got for me? And it's, it's, it's something that they are going into their themselves. And so it's not something that we're doing to them necessarily, but we're helping them reconnect to that so that they can then unpack what are their success strategies? What is it that got them there before? And what can we replicate to get them there again? easier, faster, quicker, easier. Camille, I, I really love that. And I think that it's, um, that whole idea of visualization and getting people to, um, bring something back into their mind so that they can feel those different emotions that they had maybe when they were at peak performance. Um, Mm -hmm. is there a particular instance in your life or in your past that you draw upon, um, to help give you energy? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's, that's a wonderful question. So I, I would say I practice this regularly, and most successful leaders that I've worked with will consciously anchor in those times where they have been in a peak state. And my most recent book came out of a writing experience, and it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I will say I have a history of being a horrible writer. I went to a great college, and I had to take remedial writing, and I went to a great PhD program. And I think the chair of the department's first words to me were, how the heck did you get into this program if you write papers like that? So like writing has never been easy for me. And for several years, I was writing a book. And I actually wrote three or four books that are all deep embedded in the memory of my computer, never having seen light of day. But in my effort to write a book, I ended up going out to Sedona, Arizona for a writing retreat. And I was kind of of the ethos, like pooper, get off the pot, like give yourself eight days. If you write it, great. If you don't, we're moving on. We're taking on new challenges. And when I was there, I just unleashed a completely different experience of myself. And I look back on it and I don't know if it was something about Sedona. It was a clean, white, empty, beautiful hotel room. It was the hot tub right outside my hotel room that I went and sat in every single time. But there was a formula that resulted in me downloading my first book in almost four days. I wrote voraciously. And that feeling of just being in the zone, firing on all cylinders was, it's just captivating. It's magical. You want, you just, it's, you can't satiate yourself from having that peak experience. And so that, that was an example of being in the zone that I hung on to for for a while. And I recently, um, as you know, with this n- next book, um, my life has changed drastically. I have two beautiful children and I'm married, which is, um, which are all blessings, but it means I can't fly out to Sedona for mm-hmm. eight days to unplug. And <laughs> Bye. Bye everybody. <laughs> have fun. Um, but what I did do is I went and stayed at, um, some friend's house, they live 20 minutes away. They were going to be gone. They have a beautiful home and they have a hot tub. Mm -hmm. And so my second book, I had some, some real tension in my ability to, um, I had attention in terms of limited time away from my family. And I wrote about 10,000 words a day for four and a half days. It was probably actually, let me say that right. One, two, 
three, four, it was five and a half days. It was five and a half days, four days before Christmas and a day and a half after Christmas. And it just cranked out of me. So for me, I've kind of uncovered a little bit of my formula, beautiful setting, close to water, space to let the creativity follow. Um, and I'm able to bring that into other areas of my life beyond writing because I've uncovered that success formula. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that definitely makes sense. And I think that um, it's it's a great thing that you can, maybe when you're getting into a spot where you're not feeling that, you can draw on to maybe bring that back into um, what you're doing. Absolutely. And everybody has these moments of being successful. Everybody has these um, come from behind victory moments like the Patriots yeah. that they can go back to and say, yeah. Here are the things that I need. Here are the criteria that set me up for sure. I'll, I'll tell you when I was single and would go through a heartbreak and my I had a rule for myself. I had to get a good night's sleep. I had to work out three days in a row and I had to email three people I loved. Usually that would pop me back into a better state. So that's, an, that's another example of these simple formulas that we can bring to bear that can help us rethink being more in our best space. Mm -hmm. And I know um, for Tim and I, in in the work that we do, habits and having um, different things that you do every day and putting things in place to help you be more successful is very, very important. But I'm curious in kind of the flip side of the answer to that question. So this whole idea that emotional energy, um, in your book, you say it's vital to our sustainability and our success. And so you can draw on maybe your interactions with other people your relationships, and that great emotional energy to to propel you forward. But what happens when the emotional energy is going the other way? So what Mm -hmm. happens when you're hit with, you know, maybe it's a trigger or maybe it's a situation where it takes you back to a a draining place? What do you do then? Have you been like, did you have a camera on me over the last 24, 48 hours? (laughs) Well, it was a drone. It was a drone. (laughs) <laughs> I'm the drone. That's actually not um, yeah. scary. Yeah, scary we're, like it could be true. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just kidding for those of you listening. We don't drone our guests. No. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. I have a client situation going on that is incredibly intense. And there's a lot of uh, negative energy amongst um, the executive team. And as the person facilitating this transformation within this organization that's doing phenomenal work, I'm finding that I've been basically becoming like a sponge, absorbing a lot of the toxicity so that they can have productive conversations. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was doing my doctorate, I used to do a lot of mediations and I purposely don't do mediations because that's not a life that I necessarily want, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot of energy you absorb. Um, as I'm, I'm helping them figure out their path forward. And I, I remember feeling that level of really not having the emotional energy I wanted. And I was, my, I dropped my two kids off for their second day of preschool today and was coming home. And I was, I was thinking about transitioning into the day. And I think we live in a t- time and era that's really powerful because I tapped into a very good friend of mine, um, Patricia Moreno, who runs Intensati, and she has given out a, a, a voice video blog where I could listen to her meditation and thoughts as I was walking the mile and a half back from dropping my kids off. And so that's a wonderful way of tapping in if you feel empty inside 
it's being able to know what are some of those resources you can go to and calling a friend is great. I often get people to do love folders. So when you get feedback from a client or a team member, saving those emails in a place you can go to and and tap into when you need that little extra boost. And there's so many things out in the world that you can tap into, whether it's a, a positive podcast like this or um, some words of wisdom from a mentor or meditation to be able to, again, have that list of success strategies that you can rekindle your own battery when that emotional energy is, is drained. I, I love that because, you know, there are, I'm doing some studying on caps, you know, different types mm-hmm. of caps, creativity caps, energy caps, all of those, because it's, you know, capacity, mm-hmm. you know, is it's all about capacity. And I love that answers one of my questions that um, I use in coaching is the depletion question. You know, what wears mm-hmm. you down? It's a question of depletion because most people don't know about plugging in, right? Mm-hmm. So what I love is you you brought up like what you do. Even when you said even a breakup, this is what I did. If I went through a breakup, you were like, I emailed three people. You know, uh, you, you put yourself on a path to be able to get yourself to uh, to elevate. You know, mm-hmm. you get, you've got to separate yourself out of the problem, um, and you're not. And you di- you did it creatively. Um, and and I promise, I'm getting somewhere with this. <laughs> the word, you know, think about this. The word reactive, or you know what I mean, reactive, and the word creative. They they have the same exact letters. It's just where the C is placed. And a lot of people don't use that creative, you know what I mean? They don't ha- they're not using the creative part, they're using more of the reactive part. And usually when we just are reacting, we can put ourselves in a downward spiral. So with this energy cap type thing I'm thinking of, and you and you are you are telling me, like even when or in Megan here, you went to Sedona and you sat in this house and all these things that happened, it was a replenishment thing. I'm mm-hmm. curious about your proximity of it because that's the other part of one of my questions is the proximity question I say to people. How accessible are your energy pluses in your world? So mm-hmm. how do you guide people you know, to get the space in the room they need to be able to put it there? So like, if you have a house full of furniture, you can't put in a new sofa. You got to get rid of something, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's the same thing, the proximity question. How near are these things to you? So for you personally, what, what are some disciplines you have to keep those energy pluses near you? What are some mm-hmm. disciplines to make sure that they're guarded and protected? But also, what are some of the things that you've done to move out the ones that were your depletion problems, the ones that were uh, depleting your energy? So many good questions there, so many good questions and points. So the first thing is the awareness and understanding what is it that energizes you and what is it that depletes you. And that is actually not that hard of a thing to get clear on. If you put the attention and intention to get clear on it, a simple strategy people can do is pull out a little journal. Whenever you're pissed off or angry or drained, write it down because the flip side is what you want in your life. So you can actually develop your own awareness of this very easily through a journaling type noticing practice. The second thing is as much as possible, you want to be in control of your access to those components. So said differently, if the only way I felt fabulous was when I got to spend time with one of my very dear friends who lives in Abu Dhabi, I would be struggling because like her kids, my kids, I don't get to see her that much. Instead, I focus on, gosh, I can look at a photo of her and just feel that energy and the love and the time we spent together. So controlling your access is really important. Having a lot of different energy points is important. 
And then I always encourage people to make them like bananas. And if you think about bananas, if you like bananas, you can pretty much go to almost any country except for maybe Mongolia and find a banana. Because like they're all over the Africa, they're all over Asia, they're all over South America. So if you can think about creating energy sources that are like bananas, accessible across different settings and different situations, mm. you'll be able to tap into that. And again, the diversification of them is so powerful. I love that. I mean, that's that's really great. And and what I want to do is I want to ask you another question, and then what I would I would love for uh, we have some ones around your upcoming book, which we want you to talk about. But, but, you know, a lot of people, there are two other depletion components, I believe, are things that we need to be more aware of when it comes to our energy. And since, you know, we've been talking about this energy um, and, and, and I'm thinking as it relates to a person's capacity, you know, there are other two questions that I like to use is the hundred percent question and then the margin question. And so, you know, when do I need full energy? Most people try to expend all their energy in everything that they do. You know what I mean? That's what they like. They think everything requires 100%. Okay. But then that affects them with their margin question. Where is the space for the things I need but haven't planned for? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So Absolutely. could you speak a little bit to that? Like what that, how, how do you work with folks or how would you, you know, give them uh, some thoughts or even some tools with that hundred percent, your take on it and making mm-hmm. sure that you know that what is, when is hundred percent required? And then also the margin, like creating that space. So it's almost like profit, you know, if you're only making yeah. 3% profit, that's not gonna, You know, that's not good. So you have to change your margin. Well, if you want your energy to go up and that capacity to be realized, you're going to have to change the margins as well to make room for those things. So I would say the first thing, linking back to your, your earlier question, in my first book, Rewired, I talk a lot about weeding to seed. So pulling out the weeds in your life, the things that take away energy so that you have more space to seed positive relationships and things that support you is absolutely vital because then you're not fighting with those negative forces on a daily basis. I, but your, your second question is, is a interesting one because I tend to like to push the envelope. I like to have unbelievably wild expectations and push the envelope and push myself to capacity. And I think the, the success strategy I've tapped into is proactively feeding in to my soul, into my my well-being. So this morning, I um, your listeners are going to think I'm a fruitcake, but they'll, they'll <laughs> learn that anyway, soon enough. I got up at four. I've got all this stuff going on. I'm really excited about. I worked for, four, uh, for two hours, and then I popped off to a yoga class. And that was part of uh, knowing how important yoga is to my own energy, and uh, part of premarital you know, a negotiation with my husband, are you okay getting the kids up and I'll take them to school so that we did that little pass off. But knowing what I need to be set up for success for a busy day, I can expand my capacity to play at a hundred percent by owning the beginning part of the day, owning that time to do deep thinking, impactful work, etc. cetera. The, f- the second aspect of your question, I think is also really, really powerful. And I have a a dear friend, Ramya Swaminathi. She's CEO of Ride Development, and she's also a board member for AIM Leadership. And she's an amazing, amazing woman, $1.5 billion under assets. She converts dams into hydroelectric power, and she's, she's just, she's crushing it. She's doing amazing work. And she says she schedules at 80%. 
she says, you know, if you schedule your day to 80%, then you have that 20% latitude to respond to different options. And, you know, you always have that side list Mm -hmm. of things you can add in, but keeping yourself at 80% lets you respond to the unexpected, which I thought was interesting. And I'm, that's a, that's a learning edge for me. I will say that I'm still working on that. I, I like to push myself a little bit harder than perhaps serves me. Yeah. And I, and I love, I love it. Even that you push yourself because I'm like that, but as I've gotten older, you know, and this year, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer to the side of 50 now and I'm, I'm like, you know, Hey, this is, I'm learning that I want deep work. I want deep things. I want great flow. Right. Mm-hmm. I want impact and I want space. Because I feel like I, I tell people I use weird little metaphors and analogies, but I felt like Tarzan just swinging from tree to tree to tree or Spider-Man. Yeah, I could hit the building with my web and I can move and move and move and move. And I have all these options, right? But I'm just like, man, you know what? I really would, you know, I want to be flexible. I want to be able to adjust, but I also want to be able to think for change. You know mm. what I mean? I want to think for my changes. I don't want to just make changes. You know, I have great, you know, I, I, I can use this illustration of, you know, great hand-eye coordination. You know, that's what mm. you look for. You look for these kind of, you know, in sports, things like that. You know, in life, it's a, now move that over to yourself with great hand-eye coordination. Quick on your feet, can adjust, can move. But when you lay your head down at night in the quiet between st- stillness where silence is the sound, mm. do you have peace? You know, is it a sacred space? You know, is it, is it, does it have, is it cathedral feeling? Can you rest in there, you know, or, or, or or is that ceiling and that loft, is it full of all these things? There's no echo. There's just packed in congested stuff where you don't feel the reward of a full self-actualization to make a difference, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's powerful. I would say you're, what you're hitting on about wanting space, space is what I think about as bandwidth. And so with bandwidth, it's having the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to be intentional with what you do and how you navigate. And if you think about the chatter in our world, there's so much stimulus coming over the transom, the volume, veracity, variety, and uh, intensity of information that we have access to now in a wired world means that people who are not intentional with controlling their bandwidth, but where they put their energy and attention can feel strung out and drained mm-hmm. and drawn. And I would say that motherhood has, um, has just been the most magnificent teacher in terms of helping you reallocate attention when it's needed in the moment. And the interesting part is that I find that I get more sleep as a mom and Part of it is because you come home and you shut down to be present with these little people and you talk about what were their pits, mm-hmm. like the, the tough parts of their days and what were the peaks of their days? What were the, the roses, the thorns? What were the buds that are coming to be in, that they're learning? And for me, that's where that kind of spaciousness you describe happens. And um, I, I think you're onto something when you say people are craving space or bandwidth to really process and to really be. Mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful. And 
Camille, so I, I I really enjoyed what you're saying there and especially pointing to those different things um, when it comes to bandwidth. And, you know, as someone who has been a working professional their whole lives and then, you know, they become a mom and now you have this whole other responsibility in your life and the this, you know, two, one or two or more people who you need to really be fully present with and you need to really engage with them and engage deeply because that's, you know, where the good stuff is. That's where that really meaningful stuff is. And and so kind of going a little bit, shifting toward um, this new book that's coming out, Create More Flow, <laughs> um, you, you, there's a great illustration where you walk through these different steps of flow and you give a flow response and an overwired response. So mm. with this whole idea of being overwired and, and I like how you said weeding to seed and that's really kind of what you need to do to create um, the space and to become and to rewire. But how do you begin making changes without uh, – adding just another thing that's going to mm-hmm. intensify that anxiety around just the innumerable tasks and the things that you feel you either need to get done or that are pulling on you? Great question. So my brain is popping with possible different responses. <laughs> I, I think you're right. So many times you can be like, ah, here's my new strategy. Here's my new tactic. On my... um we we have a resource that if people want to email me, I'm happy to send forward to them. It's a something about how do you create more time. I often, let me step back. There's what we know about flow is that when you're in flow, you're up to five times as productive and up to seven times as creative. If we can increase your time in flow by 15 to 20%, we double your productivity. And so that actually it becomes a driver to create more flow is if you can spend more time in flow, you're more productive and then you have more space, more bandwidth to do the other things that matter in life. The challenge with flow is you, we don't have complete control over it. We can control the precursors and that's what you're referencing in my book. I talk about the three steps that lead up to flow mm-hmm. and then the step that follows flow. And once you understand this five-step process, you can start to reclaim um, how you're organizing your day, how you structure meetings, how you position yourself with those success strategies to spend more time in flow, which candidly just feels great. It creates great. It's a phenomenal experience. That's what I was experiencing in Sedona writing. That's what I was experiencing, um, in the writing of the second book. And it doesn't require you to go away to Sedona or a friend's house to, to get it. Once you start to understand it, you can start to almost um, pop yourself in more easily, more quickly. So your question is really phenomenal, which is how do you start when it feels really overwhelming? Um, and and I would I would describe myself as a hacker. I'm I'm the youngest of three, and what I find is that you if you can commit to the action of preparation to get clear what is it that you need to execute on and what is the outcome you need to deliver on, you can often find ways to save yourself time and energy. And it's, it's again, a little cliche, but as a mom of someone who's in diapers, when I was writing this, I had two people in diapers. Um, if I can think about needing diapers, I can place an Amazon order. It's going to take me 20 seconds. But if I don't think about needing diapers, It'll probably take me 20 minutes on a good day, two hours on a bad day to go get those diapers. Mm -hmm. So the preparation is 
getting ahead of the curve, thinking about what is it that I need, and then how do I come up with some creative solutions, leveraging technology, leveraging a peer group, so that you can get that outcome in the fastest, best possible way. Would it, would it be helpful to have another example? Um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. You can give another one. Yeah, you one. can. And that goes back to that reactive versus creative. Mm-hmm. Same letters. <laughs> yeah. It's moving. Oh, that's so brilliant. Yeah. <gasps> it's moving the C to the front, you know, and moving the R where it belongs. It just, yeah. you know, reactive. I just, oh, I just, Tim. yeah. That's, that's it, powerful. That's exactly it. Everybody isn't, we are, we are so stretched. We are at 120% that we don't have any creativity and we're 100% reactive. Mm-hmm. We are, always in the responsiveness, but if you can carve out that space. And so that goes back to that morning time, which is where you're more in control. Remember we said we wanted to um, be in control of our energizers. We want to be in control of that space that's going to set you up for success. And a lot of times it's, it's easier to control that. There's fewer upsets in the morning. So I, I love, I'm, I'm now going to be quoting you all for the creative reaction. <laughs> that's 100% what I'm talking about. Brilliant. So I am... Um, I've been on a little bit of a journey myself of surrender. I have, um, as we get ready for this book launch, I have more people who are collaborating on our team and I have less line of sight to what they're doing, which is, which is phenomenal and also a little stretchy for me to, to let go. And so I was having a conversation with the woman who manages my, my communications and we were talking about the upcoming book launch on October 12th and we were going through a checklist. I said, well, why don't we just call this group and they've done this type of launch, they should have a checklist and I'm sure they can give you examples. And she's like, oh, but it's by having the thought about what needs to happen in advance, we can then find models that will then accelerate or be stimulus for us to create what we need in the fastest possible time. So again, it's that clear on the outcome, flexible on the approach mentality when you're not reacting to the moment. That is so good, and you know, I I I tend to try to help people that I, um, you know, I can be viewed as a slacker. You know, it's just it's because I'm a very high creativity person. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things that you know, I, I walk on water is or walking on water by Madeline Langles, one of my favorite books, and she just talks about the lack of high creativity in people today because you know we're told there's no unicorns, no leviathans, no you know all these mm-hmm. things are stripped away from us, right? And then we get stuffed into the systems and processes world, right? You got to do this mm-hmm. to get this, right? And we lose our creativity, and so children have the ability to move with their imagination. Uh, it's almost like they're unfettered you know, with Mm -hmm. their imagination. And I like that we can move through our days more unfettered, you know, as far as what's in our control. If we would begin with the end in mind, look at the end of the week and say, what are your, what do you want to accomplish? When you look at the end of your week and you get there, did, can you check off that list? So talk about creating an end of the week list. Can you do that? Can you give me like a, I don't know, a way that you kind of do that to say, look, when I'm going into my planning, yeah, well, you know, you know, and maybe that's an idea for somebody that they could make an end of the week list. I want to be able to say these things, not just I went to the grocery store, <laughs> but change the way it says by saying something like this. I was able to get what I need to have a great meal with my family. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like to put more of, of, yeah. of the energy, the relationship. The yeah. So let me tell you a little bit of a hack. And we're in the middle of a digital rebrand. So people who listen now can find this five-step process at createmoreflow.com backslash time. But people can email me if it's 
in the website reconfiguration, it's not there. I have people do a five-step process. The first thing is collating, taking a blank piece of paper and write down every little thing that is in the back of your mind. You know, whether you need diapers, whether you have a thank you note, whether you need to submit an expense report, all those things that are in your mind. So collating, literally dumping it down. And what most people find is they start to write and then there's like a calm, but it's just the eye of the storm. It's, there's more that's coming. So you just create space <laughs> to literally down, download all of these ideas. So the first is collate. The second is to go back and eliminate because we often have all these things in our brains that we don't really need to do. So the collating is basically saying, brain, I got that. You can close that loop. And every time we're trying to remember something, it's like an extra computer program is open in our brain. So it slows our brain down. Doing the collation means that we free up the RAM or the energy or the brain power to really focus more quickly. So first is to collate. Second is to eliminate. The third thing is to automate. Of all the things that are on that list, what can you do a build once, use many? What, how do you build a system so you don't have to start from scratch? For example, with Kristen, I was saying, reach out to these people. They most likely have a checklist for how to think about this. So automate. And you want to automate before the fourth step because the, the fourth step is to delegate. Oh, let me step back. I, I, I want to make sure I'm clear. Once you've eliminated things, you want to get clear on the outcome. Just like you said, not go to the grocery store, but be able to have awesome, nutritious meals that are easy so that I can be fully present with my kids. So you get clear on the outcome and then you think, how can I automate that? I personally don't mind going to the grocery store, but a lot of people have gone and said, okay, I want to have these healthy meals. I'm going to have fresh deliver fresh or fresh delivery come and do the grocery shopping. You can get that automation going. The fourth step is to delegate. Who else can do this beside you? Cheaper, faster, easier, quicker, more effectively. And then the last one is then you have the bandwidth to create. So I took your, your kind of question about the ideal end of the list week and saying, let's start on the forefront and build more energy in your brain by closing down all those programs that are holding on to information, clarifying what is that outcome, as you were saying, what are the the deliverables of sorts? And then how do you rethink, how do you get there? So that was a high level. No, I love it. More detail. It's a, it, there is a two-page summary of it on our website. We'd love no, for people to share. That is great, and I love it because you know at the end of it all, you know because I'm big into people don't realize that they can rewire their brain. You know, like you can rewire it. Your brain's waiting for it. And I love it because this is a great tool. And that's what I would call this. It's a tool to help yourself do that. And what's nice is apply that around grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. Apply that around. It's a simple thing. Take yourself through all the cacophony of chaos that's Mm -hmm. on your paper Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just do it. I love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and so Camille, I think that I'm, you know, I'm sitting here just listening to this great conversation and, um, you know, you are, uh, you're a mom, you have, um, you're leading a company, you're writing, coaching, speaking, training, and you have all these things, um, that you're doing. And I'm sure that you use a lot of these systems and methods and habits that you've already shared with us, but just thinking about all of those things that you're doing, all those things that every day you're saying, I'm going to put myself into this. 
what do you do? And I guess what are um, maybe maybe there are additional habits personally that you do to maintain impact in all those different areas um, that you're touching? Oh, that's a great question. I think that that's it. That's it. My brain is going in a couple different ways. I think that the journey that I'm on is really about making sure that I'm collaborating with people who are solid in their game and really doing work that's in their sweet spot. And by, by having the right group of people around you and making sure that they understand what their role is and how it contributes to the larger good and really always checking back in to say, how, how am I making them feel incredibly valued, engaged, empowered, excited, inspired, giving that energy to them creates a fivefold return of that energy. And that, I, I'm not sure that's a, I'm not sure that's an answer to your question as succinctly as I could have said it, but maybe ask again if I didn't capture that. No, I think, I think that's actually a, I, I love the way that you answer that because I think it could have gone, um, you know, you could have taken it a couple of different directions, but I think that that just shows, um, you, you know, you've built a company that is really about engaging, inspiring, and, you know, putting energy in, into other people. And one of the things that you actually um, sent to us uh, before before this conversation is you said you like to dream into people. So <laughs> maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that because that really intrigued me. So I think everybody has desire or passion or something that they're interested in creating. I think if you can bring more flow into your life, you create a greater environment for people to take on those challenges, take on those risks. And it's really scary to go after your dreams. It's really can be intimidating to pursue something with reckless abandon that you are excited about, whether it's a PhD or a job or a book or a relationship or a child or um, a new position in your organization. And so Everybody's looking for someone who's going to see their greatest greatness and help them uncover their own success strategies. So I'm not their source of success. I'm just someone who's a little wind beneath the wings, helping them get to that place by recognizing what makes them successful, looking backwards and looking forwards. That's that's incredible. You know, um, the the igniting people. That's what it goes back to. And your, your, you know, your previous answer, the Megan's question was, it was about people again, and then dreaming into people. And I, I share that love with you because like the, the thing that's on my mind the most, it's people anywhere I go. It's people. I look at things. I feel like one of my, I call them a spiritual gift. It's, it's very high discernment and mm. being able to sit in a room and figure out what's going on. And Um, and it's not because, so when I was younger, I didn't know what to do with it. So I could kind of manipulate my way around things (laughs) when I was, you know what I mean? But as I got older and I learned and, you know, I figured out, you know, what character was and having integrity and, and then not using things against people, which is you having power over them. It was putting power into them. So being able Mm -hmm. to become a, a help to be a change agent, you know, to walk alongside them. So I really, I love your answers and I think they're, 
um, that are just powerful and it just really speaks to who you are as a person. So, yeah, well, thank you. I, I feel like I've met a soul brother down in the uh, <laughs> down in South Carolina. <laughs> well, well, hey, patch tickets, you know, they sell them if you want to just go ahead and get them ready. I'll, I'll come on up. Um, you know, I can connect you with my husband because he's a season ticket holder. Well, <laughs> tell him that you met this really good guy. <laughs> um, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. So, so listen, um, you know, the show's called Uphill Conversations and, you know, we like to tell people everything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And, mm-hmm. you know, so think of like Tour de France. I'm not a cyclist. Okay. And don't claim to be, but I admire those guys and they climb those hills, you know, and they have these gears and they have to work with a teammate and they have to draft and someone takes the lead and sometimes things aren't going well. And then there's, you know, do they have the energy, like all of that stuff that they're going through, but someone gets a yellow Jersey when they get to the top because they've weathered that storm. They went through all of that and they really worked it. But it's a challenge, and it's not easy, but it's worth having. They're not going back to the bottom. What recent uphill challenge could you say that you got your yellow jersey for? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say, oh, gosh, the, the, you, these questions are phenomenal. I would say I'm, I'm, not, I'm still on the climb. But I'm in a, I'm really pushing my comfort zone and building new muscles to really optimize my team. And that really requires me to grow myself to be in that space. And so I'm, um, I'm leading the pack, but, uh, I think the Jersey is a couple, couple, maybe two weeks out no, uh, that's, as that's I great. practice my own discipline of, you know, empowering and surrendering to folks. So that, that's a, that is a great metaphor. Um, I would say uh, I will give you a victory, which is to say, um, I've been very public about, we had a very long infertility journey and, um, I'm very blessed to have two beautiful, uh, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I think I have a yellow Jersey from, you know, being blessed by, these two kids. And I really feel like it's one of my callings to support people who are on that journey. That's a, that's a Jersey I probably wear with great pride. That's beautiful. (laughs) That is. And Camille, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And, um, I know for, um, all of our listeners out there, um, there's a lot of great stuff that Camille has put out and, um, I, I have one more question and then, um, we'll let, you know, we'll let Camille tell you where you can find out more about all the great stuff she's doing. Um, but even as you're talking about, you're still on that climb and, and, you know, you're on your way to, to doing this and that takes empowerment of other people and, um, delegation and, uh, giving up some of the control really, um, in order to, to get up that hill. Uh, one thing that, um, Tim says a lot and that we like to talk with our clients about when we're doing, uh, leadership and development is that collaboration is the admission of weakness. So, you know, when you go into a room, you need to look at yourself and say, you know, in this room, I am what's missing and necessary. And you have to, at the same time, be able to realize that you have to tell somebody else that it's okay to say, I need you. And that Mm -hmm. just makes um, the relationship and the effort that you're doing together so much more meaningful. So, um, so I really, really like liked that you're, that you're saying I'm, I'm still moving towards that and talk about, um, how you're bringing other people along with you, um, up that hill. Uh, but, uh, the last question we really like to find out from our guests, um, what are three things that you're optimistic about over the next 12 months? 
That's it. These are great questions. Wow. So I'm really excited and optimistic about sharing our new book, which launches October 12th. And behind that is just my own passion and the amazing energy this technology has given me, but I've seen for hundreds and hundreds of clients as they look to kind of level up their own performance. So I'm really optimistic about bringing that out into the world. Um, I've recently joined a venture capital firm and I'm really optimistic about the changes happening there to really bring diversification and um, humanistic values into a a world that's been fairly um, financially focused. And I'm... I guess I would say I'm optimistic for our nation. I've been so hot, heartbroken watching Harvey and um, watching Irma and, you know, obviously watching our political system. And I, I just feel like, you know, we're kind of at a pit and I'm optimistic that we're going to come together as a nation. I'm hopeful that we have what it takes to really carve a new path and start to believe into each other about who we want to be as a nation we're all really optimistic about just, you know, people coming together, um, and just working towards improving some of the things, um, that are, that are broken right now. So, um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, we have so enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you for just being open and, Mm. and going with the conversation. It's just been great. Um, but it would be wonderful, um, if you could tell our guests how they can connect with you and where they can find you. Sure. My company's name is AIM Leadership, A-I-M Leadership, Awaken Inner Mastery is what AIM stands for, which is, as I I think you'd say, on brand. So they can find more resources, more information at aimleadership.com. They can, I would love to have people follow me on Twitter, which is at Camille P, -P. C-A-M-I-L-L-E-P. And if you want to know more about the book, there's a landing page website createmoreflow.com that has a wealth of resources and can um, we can hook you up when it comes live. We would love to share resources. We have a wealth of um, like the summaries that I described for time. We have one for procrastination. We have one for preparation. We have a lot of resources there that um, hopefully will inspire your listeners as they go on their own uphill journey towards things that they're passionate about. Great. Well, thank you so much, Camille. You're fun. We enjoy this. <laughs> you're, you're not scared to get deep with us, too. We like that. We yeah. like it when people tell stories and get deep. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for having me, and I, I look forward to continuing the conversation over time. Yes. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. Your current condition does not match your emerging future. And so anything worth having, you need to go uphill for, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. So the biggest thing that we want you to remember is that you will see people like me, Megan, and Camille on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.